now. Good day and welcome to Growing Your Successful Business, the podcast about uh, small business, running a small business, owning a small business, medium-sized businesses, all that good stuff. A uh, couple quick things. Uh, we had a scheduling snafu this week. Uh, actually, we had a power outage problem. And so uh, we had to reschedule our, our uh, scheduled guest, Tony Roberts with the Tacoma Stars. He's going to come in in a couple weeks instead. So today it's just me. Um, I got a couple announcements for you, things that are kind of exciting, things that are kind of changing a little bit as far as the podcast goes. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, let everybody know we've gone international. We now have listeners on our podcast in Australia and Canada, which that's kind of exciting. Um, also want to let everybody know that, uh, as I've been saying for, I don't know, uh, a month or so, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify uh, Anchor, Stitcher, Breaker, all kinds of outlets for listening to podcasts. And starting in September, we're going to be switching to an audio-only version. Um, the, the video part uh, is going to go away, and uh, you'll be able to, f- to uh, find us only on those uh, podcasting outlets. And uh, I just want to take a minute and say thanks to BD Local for everything they've done. They've done a great job of helping me get started, and uh, uh, they're fantastic folks to work with, and I really appreciate everything that they've done. So thank you very much, Sadie, and uh, thanks, Tim. Uh, we are going to be making that switch, though, in September. So, again, you'll need to find us. Uh, if you want to listen, you'll need to find us on the uh, Apple or Google or Spotify or something like that. Um, with rescheduling for today, in preparation for this, I kind of started out thinking it was going to be a pretty short podcast. Uh, but after I started getting going, I don't know if I was just uh, cranky or tired or what, uh, but the stuff I wanted to talk about, got the list got longer and longer. And... Uh, um, uh, anyhow, it's, uh, again, it's just me today. So, um, you know, back in, I think, like 2001 or something like that, uh, the late, great George Carlin released an HBO special called Complaints and Grievances. And after I uh, put together my, my list of stuff to talk about today, I think that might be a good title for this particular episode. Um, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about common mistakes I see small, medium, and even large uh, businesses making today. And I hope you'll get some of this if you're listening. Um, I'm just going to go over some things I see in my day-to-day interactions with companies as a customer, as an observer, as a peer, and uh, there's just a ton of stuff I see that are blatant things, in my opinion, that people are are missing the boat on. And so, uh, again, grievances and complaints, or complaints and grievances might be a good title for this, so... Uh, this is all in, in, you know, intended to be uh, constructive critiquing and things like that. I'm certainly not going to call anybody out specifically. And I will also preface this by saying I'm not immune to this. I make many of these mistakes myself. Uh, myself. Uh, not all of them. Some of them I'm super hyper-vigilant about not making. Um, but there's a couple in here that uh, you know, I, fall, I fall into myself. So I'm not, I'm not being a hypocrite. I'm just uh, pointing out things I, th- I see that are causing some problems. Um, speaking of hypocrisy, one of the things I see folks doing pretty consistently is being a little hypocritical on how buying decisions should be made. Um, we all readily accept the fact that when we are the customer, it's completely reasonable that we are making the buy, buying decisions based on what we want. We're the customer. We get to make those rules. Uh, however, it appears for many, at least, um, that seems to dramatically change when we are the person hoping to find customers and make a sale. Um, and I don't blame folks for falling into this trap. Uh, it's easy to do. Uh, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that the customer gets to make those buying decisions um, uh, when you have a family to provide for you, the one selling the product. You have to make payroll. 
you have that unexpected expense show up. Uh, you need to pay the taxes that are due next week, or you need to buy that better piece of equipment that's going to give you a competitive edge. Uh, it, you know, at the, but at the end of these lists, it's you want, you need, you must have, you, you, you. Um, so I definitely don't find, I don't fault people for falling in this frame of mind. I do, however, blame people for not recognizing that's happening and taking a little bit of time to, to address that and make conscious decisions to correct this behavior, right, and correct this mindset. Uh, and again, this is one of those things I'm as guilty as the next person uh, as, uh, falling into. But I do think it's critical to take a step back and see what the impact is um, when you do those things. You, when you lose sight of who the, who the decision maker is, who the, you know, who, and that's the customer, they get to decide. When it becomes about what you need and your needs to make money, trumping the customer's needs to satisfy what they want or what their needs are, then it, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I am setting myself up failure, for failure when I do that as well. Uh, like many of you listening, I've prepared for sales calls. I've prepared, prepared for sales meetings. Um, and I've gotten so hyped up about remembering the points I want to remember that I forget the most important things about the whole encounter. I'm not the one making the buying decision. As great as I think it is that I memorize these particular points that I'm prepared to make, they may have zero impact on the person I'm speaking to. Um, they may not care one bit about the things I'm preparing to wow them with. Uh, they may not address their concerns or needs at all. Uh, the relevant points to discuss in these conversations, a.k.a. sales calls and, and meetings and things like that, should always be entirely determined by the person making the buying decisions, a.k.a. the prospective customer, which, again, ain't you, right? Uh, now, there's always times where customers need to be educated about things and they don't understand. Sure, I get all that, and that's all absolutely an important part of it. But it can't switch gears and become you telling them what they th what should be important to them. You can enhance what their opinions of that are by, by explaining things they don't understand, but you shouldn't be trying to dictate the ground rules on which this uh, decision is made. Um, the next thing is generally, of course, the best way to find out what those points for discussion are, uh, as was mentioned a couple weeks ago by Greg Anderson, the guy who with the sales book, um, is ask. It's pretty simple. You know, ask them the questions. Um, so when you walk into that next sales call or have the next cup of coffee with somebody at Starbucks, with in there, you know, you're talking to a prospective buyer, or when you get the phone call from that prospective customer who wants to ask you a few questions, stop. Just stop for a moment. Don't start your sales pitch. Ask them some questions. Ask questions like, what are the most important factors for you when making this decision? What are the most important factors for you when choosing a supplier for this? What has frustrated you the most about previous, previous purchases in my industry? And what can I do to make this easier for you? Those should be basic fundamental questions you ask in every encounter where you're trying to make a sale. Uh, and then here's the hard part. After you ask those questions, you have to stop talking. You have to listen and uh, take notes. All the, all the buyers should hear from you at this point or see from you is they should hear you saying, mm-hmm, okay, got it, uh-huh, as you're feverishly making your notes, right? Uh, they shouldn't be getting a whole lot of feedback from you at this point. And then when the buyer is done telling you this list of things that you just asked them, what's important to them, then you may begin address addressing their specific concerns. And only after you've addressed their specific concerns, then you can move on to the things that your company is good at that they may not have mentioned, you may then begin to educate them on some things that they may not be aware of in your industry. Every industry has their nuances that uh, the general public may not be aware of. But only do these things as a supplement to addressing their concerns. Don't shift the conversation 
to be what you want to talk about. And I'll give you an example in just one second. Uh, real quick, Sadie, the timer's not going. Can you get that going? Um, so I'll give you an example. This happened to me uh, a while back. Uh, I don't know, it was a few weeks back or whatever it was. Um, at our company, we've had a series of break-ins. Uh, now, we have a security system for our building, and we have cameras, and we have all the stuff that you're supposed to have. And uh, um, But thieves are good i guess or engine or they're you know they they're in, uh, make ingenuity and all that kind of stuff they they're creative i guess that's what i'm looking for they're creative in finding ways to get around all that stuff and uh in the last i don't know uh well not last but up to this encounter i had with a security uh person um we had spent about twenty thousand dollars or so replacing employees tools that had been stolen out of our, our trucks at our property and, and by the way while i'm here already complaining uh today and and airing my grievances um how in the world is it easier to be up at 2 o'clock in the morning breaking into people's property and, and their trucks and things like that to steal stuff you're going to sell for 30 cents on the dollar than just getting a damn job? How is that easier? I don't understand that. Um, anyhow, I don't want to get sidetracked on that. Uh, yeah, so, the, so the, the security guy comes out, the security consultant for this particular company we were referred to comes out and takes a look at our situation. And he begins by telling us all the things his company does better than any other security company. And that was about three minutes. And then he goes on to tell us what his company does that absolute nobody else in the entire universe who does security can do. And that took about three minutes. Um, and then he says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out what your problem is. I'm going to offer a solution for your problem. So we describe what we need. And he tells us, he you know, does a typical sales approach. He gave me two options, which is good. Options are always good. And he says, of course, the, our best option is to go with his top-of-the-line uh, uh, option, but we'd probably be pretty okay if we went with the second best one as well. Um, at this point, we pointed out that, hey, these things that you're selling us all sound fantastic, and I'm glad you have the industry edge <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, um, but it's not really solving our particular problem. Um, and again, he went back to, well, our best solution, or our best choice was to pick his top-of-the-line solution, and uh, uh, again, we pointed out that sounds great, but it doesn't fix our, fix our problem. Look, here's our problem here, and you're selling us something over there, and you're, you're, it sounds great, but it doesn't fix our problem. And we did this literally four or five times. I'm not kidding you. It got so frustrating. Um, I finally said to the guy, listen, I don't know how else to explain this to you. I like what you're saying, except for the part where it doesn't address my needs. It doesn't fix my problem. You're going to ask me to spend, I don't know, $20,000 um, and still have a break-in every, every month or every week or whatever it turns out to be and still be replacing all these tools after I spent my $20,000 in the system you think I should buy. And, you know, he's more or less acknowledging that it's not solving our problem, but he's still, this is our best option. Uh, and then we, so he says he understands after I kind of lose it a little bit, I'm going to say, listen, I don't know how else to explain this to you, but you're not, you're not paying attention here, bud. You need to get on the same page with us. And uh, he says, don't worry, I understand. Uh, I have to get a little deviation from my boss because what you're asking us to do isn't kind of what we normally do in our system and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but don't worry, I'll have an answer for you tomorrow. And uh, shock of all shocks, I'm still waiting for tomorrow to come. <laughs> so because I didn't uh, snap to, to what he wanted me to buy, now I've obviously fallen off the radar, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so if you're listening to me, you can certainly empathize that he did a crummy job of addressing my needs and wasn't looking to satisfy my needs. He was looking to satisfy his needs, right? Um, 
But I would ask how many of us approach our own sales that way? How many of us do exactly the same thing he did where we're trying to force our solution and not paying attention to whether or not that actually fixes the customer's problem? And this drives me bonkers, and I see it all the time. And I just, I literally want to just scream at people. It's not about you, you dope. Stop trying to force something that's on that's on somebody that isn't isn't about. It's not about you and what you want. It's not about you making your extra sale this week or hitting your commission or your quota or whatever. It's about taking care of the person who's looking to spend twenty thousand dollars. How about you put them in in uh, first place for the consideration trophy, right? Um, and this kind of couples with another complaint I have, which is people complaining all the time about how cheap customers are and it's always all about price and i i would say to anyone who has ever said that to themselves or to a peer or to a coworker, if you find yourself saying people are cheap and it's all about the price i would get the biggest mirror you can find and stare it in it for a second and and recognize the fact that you're probably creating this um if you find out what their needs are and address their needs, you'll find that the price priority drops quite a few notches on the list. Uh, if it's a consideration at all anymore, if you're 100% addressing their needs, the cost uh, objection goes away dramatically, if not entirely. Uh, and I would say this, I heard this a million years ago, I don't even know where I heard it, uh, but it, this has always kind of stuck with me. In the absence of any other relevant factors, the price will be the only thing that matters. So let's think about that for a second. If there's no other factors to consider, the price is going to make the decision. I think we can all agree on that. So the point is to have a whole bunch of other factors. Uh, and the number one factor being, am I taking care of what this person's needs are? That, that would be kind of how I would address that. Um, so if you don't like in dealing, entirely dealing with price, give them something else to consider. And don't give them what you think should be important uh, ask them what's important, address their stuff. I think I've kind of beat that to death, but I wanted to get that off my chest. It drives me crazy, and then ha we, I had this situation here a while back where, I'm not kidding you, I, I have not been that frustrated with a salesperson in quite a while, but um, it was it was, uh, it was was something we all experienced. And and again, it's easy to, to empathize and relate when we're talking about being the customer. It's not so easy when you're the person trying to make the sale. So... Next up, I want to talk about building a brand. I, I swear, I can't get on Facebook or open up my, my internet browser without seeing ads for building a brand. This is like the new rage. I think the internet and internet marketing uh, has finally corrupted everybody's brains, I think is what happened here. This is like the new fad. It's like the new Bitcoin. Uh, it, it's, it, I swear, it's all I ever see now is building a brand. Um, and yes, building a brand is important. But stumbling upon the newest, bestest, most productive online trick to get customers to your website probably isn't the answer to your problem. Rather than asking yourself how to build a brand, here's a handful of questions I would recommend you ask instead. One, what's in it for pers prospective customers to buy from me instead of Brand X? What's in it for them? Why would they do that? How does buying from me make my customers' lives easier than buying from the guy down the street? Three, how do I create a culture and put processes in place to enhance my customer's experience? And fourth, what's in it for my employees to work for me and my company instead of Brand X? I'll bet you if you invest the same amount of time in, in asking yourself what's in it for my prospective customers to buy from me rather than Brand X, you'd probably solve your, your branding problem. Um, one of the things you may or may not remember me mentioning, uh, I've mentioned in my classes, I mentioned on this podcast, I've mentioned it in, I, I mention this all the time. <laughs> People are probably tired of me talking about it. 
Um, but I always tell folks, write down th- on a piece of paper. Take It takes literally a minute and a half to do this. Write down on a piece of paper the three to five things that you know your industry sucks at. What are the three to five things that, you're, that customers don't enjoy about working with your industry? And don't include price. Price cannot be part of this equation. Specifically, I'm talking about their experience. What are the inherent issues within your industry, not your company, your industry, that causes your customers angst? And now the most important part, after you've done this exercise for a minute and a half and you've written down your list of three to five things, what are you doing to make those pain points go away for your customer? And if you don't have an answer to that, you got to fix that like right now. I can't imagine what would be a higher priority in your organization than identifying this list and creating solutions to overcome it. I, I don't know what would possibly be more important than that. Um, and, and if you're, if you're, well, I, I'm just saying, who cares about building a brand if you can't answer this basic question? I guess that's what I'm getting at. Uh, in, in my mind, building a brand would be way, way lower on the list of priorities than answering this fundamental question about what, what you can do to make your customers experience better. And I'll give you an example. Um, buying a house. Buying a house is a super stressful thing for most folks. For anyone who's ever bought a house, you know the exa- anxiety that comes along with it, and it builds. And you, you have these little pseudo-victories, like when you get pre-qualified and things like that. And, and then you find out six days later that that's really where the stress just begins. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about here. So you get the pre-qualification, then you get to go out and pick out your house. And you spend you know, a week or two or six or whatever it takes to go find the house that you and your family love. And you, you pay your earnest money, and now, now you get to wait. Now you get to wait for this faceless, nameless underwriter who will make the final decision on whether or not you get to buy this house that you and your family have your heart set on based on all the same criteria and all the same documents you submitted three weeks ago or six months ago. It's agonizing. However, when you look around at the mortgage industry, nobody's figured this out except for one company that I know of. It's it's the number one frustration with buying a house is this waiting game with, well, we'll we'll probably get to it in a couple weeks. You should have an answer within a couple of weeks. And it causes a great deal of anxiety and stress for the person buying the house. And only one company I've ever ever bumped into has addressed this. And I'm going to give them a free plug because they deserve it for addressing this. And when I bought our last house, or when we bought our last house, we used this company. And I tell you what, all the stress that I'm talking about was had evaporated. They do the they do the underwriting up front so you don't get your heart set on a house and find out from this nameless, faceless person you'll never meet in Chicago or New York or wherever they're at that, oh, sorry, we thought you could buy it, but not, you really can't buy it. And the name of this company is Movement Mortgage. And again, this is a, it's a free plug. They're not sponsoring anything. It's just I, I, I enjoy pointing out folks who are doing things right. And uh, um, this is an example of a company who's figured out in their industry – here is the number one problem. Here's the number one pain point for our customers. Here's the number one thing that causes them grief and angst and anxiety and makes them not want to do this whole endeavor ever again. And they fixed it. So kudos to them. So I would, I would challenge ourselves to all look at our own businesses and our own industries and ask this question. What sucks about dealing with our industry and what are we doing to fix it? What are the processes we're going to put in place to make sure we can overcome that better than our competitors? And again, if you do that, uh, your price concerns and you're building a brand concerns probably go away fairly quickly. Uh, next grievance and or complaint I'll move on to. Um, and I, uh, <laughs> I know we're all out trying to make a buck and we're all, we're all hustling and we're working our, our lists and we're fun, you know, filling our funnels and blah, 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 blah. I get, I don't know, probably 15 solicitation emails a day. 
which I can deal with. I understand where my name's my name's on all kinds of lists, and people find my name, and they see you're associated with this industry or that industry, or you made this purchase before, or we bought this SIC code list, and and your name popped up on it, and they happen to have your email. I I, I get that stuff, I, and I'm not really offended by that. This really this really kind of pissed me off though. This happened uh, uh, last week or earlier. Yeah, last week. It happened last week. I get a series of of three or four or five well i got a series of three or four emails from this person who's in like i don't know chicago or new york or it, it's it you know they're, they're the marketing people or sales people reaching out hey we we have a way to double your leads tomorrow and uh i ignore them i ignore these this series of emails because they're not again they're not addressing my needs this product that they're pushing that they think is going to solve all my problems is not remotely related to anything i'm trying to accomplish and uh I don't know that it ever will be, quite honestly. What their what their particular product was and their particular service was doesn't necessarily translate all that well to my business. So after I ignored this thing four or five times, I get this email that says, uh, says this. I guess doubling your leads isn't that important to you. So let me know when you're ready to get serious about growing your business. And I read this thing, and I'm just floored. I, 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 this almost prompted me to call the the woman who sent me this email and just tell her what a jackass she was. I, what, what kind of email is this to send to somebody? Sorry, you won't pay attention when I want you to pay attention to me. Um, so apparently, you don't take growing your business very seriously. Let me know when you do. You know, kiss my butt. How about that? In what universe would would that email prompt me to buy something from you? I, I wouldn't buy a pack of gum from this person let alone whatever tens of thousands of dollars of product that they're trying to push on me. Um, my, <laughs> my next pet peeve, that uh, it's again popping up more and more and more. Um, like most of you, you know, Facebook requests is like a, a daily gauntlet I have to navigate and, you know, trying to figure out who this person is that's reaching out to me that I have no idea who they are. They live in, you know, Cheyenne, Wyoming, or something like that. And I have no clue who they are, but they're you know, apparently a friend of a friend of a friend, or I, I don't know what the deal is. Um, so they'll send a, f- a Facebook request, and I'll look and see. Okay, well, who who do they know that I know? Maybe I know. Maybe I bumped into this person. I just don't recognize the name or the face or something like that. And I had I had done this I don't know ten times in the last month. Okay, I click on the accept button. Sure, I'll confirm the friend thing on Facebook. And then about I don't know two point six minutes later. I get a request from them to like their, their business page. <laughs> and I wish they would just be honest in this case. A lot of this stuff is I just wish folks would be honest. You might as well just send me an e- a message on there that says, I don't really care about you, who you are, or what you like. I just need some stats to bolster my ego and how many people I have liking my page. That's really what's going on here, right? Or, hey, my boss is on my case to get more followers and, and prove my existence is worthy at the company I work for. So I'm reaching out to everybody who knows one of the 2,300 other friends I have on Facebook that I don't know or care about, and I'm adding you to my list. Um, stop, stop doing this. Uh, and, and if this is really working on folks, stop, stop making it harder for the rest of us. <laughs> Quit accepting this crap. <laughs> I, again, I don't understand. I, I mean, I, I guess folks' philosophy is if you get a big enough audience that, um, you know, you, if you get 1% to convert, I guess it makes sense. Um, but I, I just – what a – what a crappy way to have to try to find prospects. I would, I would, again, just, I would focus on making their lives easier and investing in what's in it for them. You know, um, that's, that's, uh, that's my thoughts on that. And again, I told you this would be kind of a short, uh, short podcast today. I'm saving the best for last year. 
this is my uh, number one pet peeve that it, it started um, a few years ago. I started noticing this trend, but I'm seeing it more and more. I, I see this now daily multiple times. And again, for folks who, who t on one hand say they're trying to grow their business and they're trying to expand and they're trying to do all this great stuff and marketing this and sales that and investing in blah, 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 all the same people who are whining about how they can't grow their business are committing this egregious act against me and many other folks on a daily basis. And it's, it's saying, I'm sorry, I've been busy. Uh, and it's really a euphemism for, hey, I didn't do this. Uh, but somehow translating to, I'm sorry I didn't do this when I said I would, I've been busy, has now become socially acceptable. Um, I think I'm going to buy one of those little clicker things you, you, you get when, when people, like bus drivers who bus people around, when they, when they, have the, they click the thing when people get in the bus to make sure they have the right number of passengers. I'm going to go buy one of those clicker things and click on that thing. How many times in a week I hear, I've been busy as someone is telling me they didn't do something when they said they would, like the security guy, for instance. I'll get it to you tomorrow, and then you know I'm, I don't ever hear from the guy again. Um, or I like its close cousin. I know I said I would get that to you on Monday, and here it is Friday, but hey, I've been really busy. Well, you know who else is busy? Me. And besides me, you know who else is busy? Everybody. Everybody who's not retired and everybody who's not in preschool is busy. And probably even folks who are in preschool or retired are busy. Um. So saying I'm busy is just a nice way of saying, sorry, many things came up that are way more important than you, so I had to deal with those. Or I decided to bump you for a better prospect who I think is going to spend more money. Or sorry, not sorry, I decided that your needs were less important than my need to spend four and a half hours of my life every day on Facebook. Uh, so don't be sorry. Own it. Say it like it is. I would appreciate your honesty much more than this uh, trying to convince me that you've been solving the Korean Peninsula nuclear crisis in betwixt running your landscaping business. Um, what happened to the days not long ago, you know, maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, where we said our, our or we didn't say, but our collective goal was to make each customer feel like a million bucks. What happened to that? Now it seems like our goal is let's try to disappoint our customers a little bit less than our competition, right? Um, so... As I'm wrapping up uh, episode 20, what is this, episode 21, I think, uh, entitled Complaints and Grievances, uh, here's, my, here's my last tip for the day. Don't say you've been too busy to do something that you said you would do at a certain time. Find a way to make it happen. Because you know how to handle this, because how you handle this particular task is going to have a direct impact on my decision to buy from you again or not. You are telling me whether or not you're reliable you're telling me whether or not I can hand something to you and, and give you money, by the way, to do a task, and if you'll do that on time and thoroughly or not. Um, I'll bet you would need to invest much less time prospecting and looking for new business if you spend a little bit more time doing what you've already committed to do within the time frame you've committed to doing it, right? And I would guess there's a direct correlation between the, num the people who are complaining about needing more business the most and the people who say, I'm sorry I've been busy the most. Anyhow, I'm glad I got all off my chest. I feel a lot better. Uh, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, again, uh, starting next month, we're going to be switching to an audio-only format. You can find us on Google Podcasts and, and uh, Apple Podcasts and all those places. Uh, don't, be a friend to tell a, don't be afraid to tell a friend or an associate about our, uh, our podcast. Um, it's a, I hope it's a great resource for folks to learn about uh, things to do to enhance their business and things to not do to 
uh, make it worse. Uh, please uh, subscribe, share, review, all that good stuff. And, of course, you can still reach me at brian at brianlharding.com if you have questions. If you have a list of grievances of your own you want me to vent about on here, I'd be happy to do that for you. Um, you can find us at growingyoursuccessfulbusiness.com or brianlharding.com, and you can find all the, all the ways to, find, to get our information there. Anyhow, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for letting me uh, vent about that stuff. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, that's it for today, and uh, I will talk to you all next week.